0: Welcome, Whovians. This is Woke Doctor Who. This podcast is about race and representation in Doctor Who. If that's not where you're here, bye. But if you are here for passionate discussions about race, gender, sexual orientation, etc., then allons-y.
1: If your kids are any younger than kind of teenaged, this is probably not the place for them. We're not promising to be (laughs) tame in the future, you guys, okay? So this is at least a PG-13 podcast. (laughs) At least. happening I think we're recording oh my god I think we're recording <laughs> okay
0: okay welcome hi <laughs> hi I'm glad you guys all sat close because it would have been really awkward if someone
1: was like like back there's there, one like, per, random person in the back <laughs> corner
0: <laughs> <gonna come> forward.
1: <laughs> so hi um, welcome to our very first panel ever we're very excited. Uh, we are Woke Doctor Who, the two of us. I am Toya. And I'm Eugenia. Yes, and this is our lovely assistant, Sarai, who is my (laughs) daughter, and she turned 16 yesterday. Um, So, our panel discussion today is about time and space for us, is the name of our panel. And the reason why we came up with that is because Eugenia, Eugenia and I started this podcast because we felt like there wasn't enough room, there wasn't enough representation of people like us in our favorite fandom, which is the who And so I guess we should talk about who we are and how we came to Doctor Who to begin with. Okay, So I'll sure. let you do
0: it, go. Um, so I am pretty much a lifelong Whovian. Like when I was, I think the very first um, doctor I ever saw was the second doctor and I saw um, Hello,
1: welcome. Hi, welcome. Come, Come in. on in. Fill in towards the front <laughs> so we can see you. Yes. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, so
0: I, the first doctor I ever saw was the second one, Patrick Troughton, and I remember watching him, so I'm from here, and so I was watching him on like PBS, WETA, and like watching all of the episodes in syndication, and I remember just being like, this is everything I've ever wanted in a show as a kid. Um, And then as I got older, I remember just like stepping away a little bit because I think there was one episode that I saw that I was like, this is unacceptable, which was back in the 60s. Um, There was an episode called The Talons of Wang Chiang, and I remember just being like, no. It was one of the most racist things I've ever seen. And so I stepped away from Doctor Who for a while, and then when the reboot came with Eccleston, I was
1: right back into it. And so... Yeah, that's kind of how I came to the universe. So I came late um, and it all happened as a result of me working from home twice a week. And on those days, I usually have something playing in the background. there's kind of white noise while I'm working. And I thought to myself, let me find some show that has 800 episodes that I'm not going to really pay attention to. And it'll just be white noise in the background while I'm working. And I went on Netflix and at the time, Doctor Who was on Netflix and there was Doctor Who with like I don't know thirteen seasons or something like that. It was way. Oh, did it into- have all
0: the classic stuff too? No,
1: but it had. Well, it was starting at Eccleston, okay. and it had gone. I think Matt was already the Doctor by oh, then, okay. or just about. And so it had several seasons and all of these episodes. And so I went okay, and just kind of hit play and went back to work and found myself getting drawn into the story. And after the very first episode is Rose, yeah, and then I think after the second one I was pulled into it. Uh, whatever, I think that is the one that where it's the end of the world, and oh, they play one. toxic. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it. Britney Spears starts up, and I go, "Oh God, this is the most ridiculous <laughs> show I've ever seen." I love it, and so I got pulled into it. But by then I was already an adult. So as an adult watching this show. What I saw was, first of all, lack of representation to begin with, of me and people who looked like me. And then the things that were represented were troublesome for me. So I'm already a fully grown woman, a mother, somebody who was already active in talking about race, um, sexuality, representation. And so I thought to myself, here it is. I have a new favorite show and all of the things that matter to me aren't reflected in this new favorite show. Eugenia and I already knew each other from our past as belly dancers. And so that's how we met each other. It's very strange. People say, "How did you wind up starting a Doctor Who podcast?" And I say, "Cuz I was a belly dancer." It is because <laughs> it was because I was a belly dancer that I knew Eugenia because we both danced in the Baltimore, Washington area. Yeah. 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 And so we knew each other in passing. And I liked Eugenia and thought she was friendly and was like, I want to I want to be friends with her. And at one point, a mutual friend kind of got us together. And we are the strangest story, we're in a pool, we're in a pool, kind (laughs) of hanging out at a spa. And Eugenia says to me, you know, I think we have been talking about Doctor Who in the past. And she kind of brought it up and says, we should totally do a podcast. And I'm like, we should do a podcast. what would we talk about? And it wound up being about what do two women of color feel about Doctor Who and the way they are shown. Thank you, Gina, <laughs> the way the way they are shown or the way they aren't shown in the universe. And so it started with being about race representation and then expanded into a whole lot of other stuff. We have. um Ooh, we have the pictures that are associated with like each of our episodes are kind of scrolling. So you'll see some of the things that we've addressed. Um, and we will talk about that a little more. But even just looking at the pictures, you will see the things that we've expanded into. Um, for instance, that was about the Rosa Parks episode, which, you know, long story short, we both gave a thumbs down. Um, <laughs> but we have talked about um, ageism. We've talked about different forms of sexuality. We've talked about Um, the representation of black people, the representation of East Asian people. Um, We've talked about fat bodies and how they're represented in Doctor Who. Um, And so I think before we talk about all of that, we can talk about what it feels like to be two podcasters of color in a fandom that is overwhelmingly white. right? And it's been interesting.
0: Um, I think, from my perspective, when I was like, "Oh, well, I love Doctor Who and I love podcasts. Let me see what's out there," and everything, you know, was hosted by white men. And I just remember being like, "That, what? Like, that's never going to be the perspective that I come from." And so, from our perspective, we've actually—it's been interesting because we've stayed well i've stayed away a little bit from the rest of the doctor who like podcasting community for the most part just because i just i don't want to get into those discussions of like well in episode five Of season two, like this thing happened, and that's, you know, back in the 60s, and therefore you don't know this, uh, this you know, like this fandom, you know? It it's always comes down to conversations like that. And there are many, many more issues to tackle here, you know? And so, um, from my perspective, like it's important for us to, like, I'm never not gonna love this show, and it came close. It came very close to me not loving the show at several points. The Bill season. The Bill season. was just, And so it came very close, but, like, I'm never going to not love it, but I'm never not going to say stuff about it, you know? I'm never not going to pick out the things that I find wrong with it um, because, you know, that's what love is. That's what fandoms are. Like, when you love something, you want it to get better. And I think that what we're seeing with this season or the past season, and like the representation we're starting to see more of, not just in front of the camera, but behind it as well. Like we're starting to get there, but it doesn't happen without us.
1: Yes, exactly. Um You know, <laughs> it is very, it's very interesting to not only be a black person, but a woman in the podcasting space to begin with in general. And then when we talk about fandoms that makes it even smaller, and then we talk about Doctor Who and that makes it even smaller. And so I have gotten lots of, well, you haven't been around since the beginning, so who are you, how do you have any authority to talk on this, right? Well, I've been black for 41 years, so I have authority to talk about that. Um, We have seen, we've seen some audience pushback from some of the stuff that we've said, um, mostly from if we, Say that something is racist, the way it's been depicted, We get things from white folks who say stuff like, well, it wasn't racist to me at all. Well, right. right? <laughs> right, <True. laughs> right. And so sometimes it's because you aren't affected by it that you don't notice what's racist about it. When we did our season 10 roundup, um, we got those responses where the final episode, um, Eugenia and I both had visceral, reactions to that. And we're going to talk about the representation of blackness, so I think we'll talk about it in more detail then. But needless to say, I think we both wound up crying in that episode um, only to have folks tell us, we don't understand why you were upset because it didn't look racist to me. Um, And so, you know, being a black woman and her having a black husband, it's a little bit different for folks who either are in black bodies or love people who are in black bodies um, to see them at threatened with death, right? So it's a, li- it's a little bit different for us. So that is a, it's an interesting experience. It's a strange experience. It was um, particularly pointed when we did our Black Panther episode. So we've expanded outside of Doctor Who. It started as a Doctor Who podcast, which is why the name is Woke Doctor Who, but it's now expanded into everything we like pretty much. Um, And so we did a Black Panther episode and I was pretty much the person who did most of the talking because I'm the black person (laughs) Uh, (laughs) on the podcast. Uh, And in that, um, and I guess we can segue into talking about blackness since we're bringing that up. Um, In that episode, I said, which Catrice will know because Catrice and I have been Facebook friends for a long time and um, this is the second time I've gotten to hug you. But one of the things I said when I was viewing Black Panther, I made it very clear that I was putting up boundaries. And the boundaries were, I'm not talking to anybody who's not Black about this. I don't want your input. Not even for you to tell me, I thought it was great. Don't care. Okay? This is a Black event, and I want to talk to other Black people about it. That's it. Because that's never a thing we can do. Right? There's never a time when... There is a thing that is just for us, just about us. And only we are talking. That's nothing we ever have an opportunity to do in our day to day lives. And so I intentionally gave myself that chance. I just blocked out everybody who wasn't black. And so I only had conversations with other black people about it, um, both positive and negative. There were people who did not love it. My brother was one of them. We got in big old arguments about it. He didn't love the movie. He didn't love the movie and he didn't think it was important and I threatened to like punch him in the throat at one point about that, but it was the whole thing. Anyway, he didn't, he did not think it was important while I was like waxing poetic about it. Um, but that's fine, right? Because at least that was another black person telling me this is how that has affected me and this is what I think about it. Mm-hmm. And so that was important for me to hear too. Um, but having the pushback from people who were just so determined that I am going to allow their input. And nine times out of 10, it was positive. Like it was positive input, but they wanted to be sure that I heard them. Even though I said, I don't wanna hear you. And so it would usually start with, I'm not racist. And I just want you to know I'm not racist because I loved Black Panther very much. What you are doing is a racist thing because I just said, don't want to talk to you about it so if you are forcing your voice then you are pressing back against a boundary that i have set i don't care you can love it i want you to love it please do please tell other people to go watch it don't talk to me about it talk to everybody else you know except me and that's not anything that we get to do in this fandom either you know um, and this is why I love so much doing this podcast with Eugenia, because this is somebody I know. It's somebody who's been a friend of mine, somebody I enjoy. And we have a particular perspective so that even when she doesn't agree with me nine times out of 10, she sees how I reached my conclusion. And so there isn't a lot of pushback and argument between the two of us. And that's very it's very rare. Mm-hmm. It's something that you won't find um in like nerd fandoms much right. at all, um, which is why we're so pleased that our very first panel thing <laughs> is at like Blurred Con, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we're like, whenever is this a thing where we are centralized, right. and that makes makes it super exciting for us. Yeah. But do you want to talk about some of the stuff we've said about sure blackness and yeah, and
0: it's been interesting as someone who um, you know is a is a person of color but non-black, but with black family members um, and doing this podcast, you know, where where I can fit in, you know? And it's been very interesting, especially, you know, Black Panther and on, how much other people of color that are not, non-black people of color, are starting to have the same tools that, um, to to actually push back against the the negativity that comes at us from a very white perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I like from me from for for me the I have to put myself in a position of learning, you know, because I will never be an expert on blackness at all. I'm barely an expert on Asianness. <laughs> <let's make laughs> it. Um and a lot of that is, you know, is the thing that our society does it starts to, it starts to consume and it starts to take from you the things that you are so you start to feel like they're not part of you anymore and so for me, you know, especially around the conversation uh, with Black Panther, um I started to think about where my role is in this and like where I step back, like, yes, we're doing this podcast together, we are partners in this, but There are like this is your chance to speak and I have to sit there and learn. And it's my goal to do that. And so, um, yeah, it's been really interesting to see how much the Asian community is learning from the black community in terms of activism as well. And so specifically around Crazy Rich Asians, you've seen uh, one of our episodes that we did about it. I was seeing so many people, um, in the Asian community start to push back against sort of white interference into our, our, like, our own culture. And, um, the, the line that kept resonating with all of us was, this is not for you. You know, so all the pushback that we got from crazy rich Asians, from Bao, from uh, to all the boys I've loved before, all of this stuff that sort of dropped around the same time, we finally had the tools, thanks to the black community's experience with Black Panther, to say, no, 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 this is ours. And we, as Asian Americans, have really never had the chance to do that, like ever. Um, and so it's all a learning process, and it's not like, and like everyone needs to, like all of us, especially like non-black POC really have a responsibility to do the same to to step back and say okay you know like let me learn about this yeah
1: and I had my chance to do that when we did Crazy Rich Asians <laughs> and we also did an episode in um about Doctor Who and about the East Asian representation in Doctor Who we've done some separate um episodes about black people blackness in Doctor Who so we've done an episode on Mickey um, Mickey, the idiot, Mickey that, the idiot that at the end we called him Mickey the idiot. Hero Wait,
0: Idiot Orphan or Hero. hero. Yeah. yeah. So
1: at the end we wound up calling him Mickey the Hero. So we did uh, one on Martha Jones and yes. how much we love her. Uh, we did a <laughs> the, it'll be I'm coming boy. up on the Martha. scroll. Uh, we did a Bill episode. So that was really about um season 10. And so let's talk about the Bill season. Oh yeah. A little bit. Right. Um, And why we wound up It was not a thumbs down, like it was way beyond a thumbs down (laughs) Um, on the Bill season. And that was so unfortunate because we were so excited when she became um, the companion. And actually, my daughter came back to watching it because of Bill, because she had given up um, on Doctor Who when Matt left as a doctor. He was her favorite. Uh, And so when Peter Capaldi came on, she did not love his version of the doctor. I I did. I liked the grump. But she did not like him at all. And him combined with Clara was a complete no for her. I had to hold on because Clara is always a complete no for me. (laughs) When when Bill came on, we were very excited because we had a young black woman and a young black woman with natural hair. She had a big old fro like ours and we were super excited. And the first few episodes were promising. Mm -hmm. And then it went completely downhill. Um, And. Of course, we're not going to tell you everything because we hope that you actually start listening to our podcast if you don't. (laughs) (laughs) So we're not going to tell you everything we had to say about that. Um, But I'm looking, I'm checking our time. We're about halfway through. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but in the last episode, uh, Bill winds up a monster Mm -hmm. um, and threatened with death and not only a monster who's threatened with death but she was told that she should understand and she in fact said and I she understand. said i do understand why everybody thinks you're a monster and we think you should die um and to see that as a black woman with natural hair right so that she could have been my little sister that actress to see her on screen saying that this white woman is fully justified and threatening to kill her because she also sees herself as a monster was probably the worst moment I've ever had in my life as a Huvian, in my time as a Whovian. Um I burst into furious tears immediately Uh, Eugenia had watched the episode before me and so she had already sent me a text that talked about how she was in tears. And when I was like, why, what's going on? She said, just watch the episode and you'll know why. The fact is that it had taken me so long to watch the episode because the season had been getting increasingly worse and I was becoming so frustrated. And when I watched the episode and it smacked me in the face, I remember just like, texting through tears and she's texting through tears and we're basically like screaming over instant messenger at each other um, because again Eugenia has a black husband and therefore black family I am black so my entire family is black Um, and so that happening in the midst of what we're going through now which is not any different than it's always been in this country but it's now always on camera Okay, so if you log on to Facebook, you're seeing people being killed live on camera. Black people. Right. We have just experienced the suspicious death, I would say, murder of Sandra Bland and name after name after name. We could just list dozens, dozens, dozens of black people who are being killed on camera. So to some degree, it's entertainment, right? It's trauma porn. And then we have that reflected in a show that's supposed to be our escapism. There is no escape. There's no escape for Black people. There's no escape for Black Hoovians. There's the day-to-day trauma and death of people on the news. And then you turn on what's supposed to be a fun show and there's the trauma and death of the same people. And that was the point where somebody said to me, I don't see why that's racist at all. I don't see anything wrong with that. You don't see how it's wrong that white folks write the death of black people and call them monsters and say, not only are you a monster, but do you see why you're a monster? Do you see why I should kill you? And then for them to write, yes, I see why you should kill me. There is nothing that you can tell me that would make that okay with me. There's no point. There's no storyline point that makes that okay, particularly in the world we live in, right? And so, lots of times they will say, "Well, we don't live in the United States. Like, you know, this is it's it's a British show. So, you know, as if black people are different (laughs) in England. You know, as if we don't still die." Uh, there and if as if that would feel any different to a black English person watching it, like why would it still not hurt them um, to see that? And so there isn't much great representation of black folks. You know, Mickey was called an idiot regularly, um, and he was shown as being without a family except for his grand. Right? Um, he finally winds up with a family because he winds up with Martha's family, <laughs> so they wind up married. But even that is kind of strange. Like, how did the two black folks manage to meet, to get together in the time and, and universe? Um, but yeah, there's that. And then there's Martha, who, you know, could never compare right. to and the blonde rose. perky rose. Um, and Bill, who winds up a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it isn't really great. <laughs> for, it isn't really great for black people and for black women in particular. And then when we get into how they show East Asians, it's probably even worse. Yeah. And...
0: So- the past, however many seasons—ten seasons—have mm. really underscored, like one of, like how important it is to have people of color writing and directing. And so, you know, you don't see—you would not see—a black writer writing that. That. Story. You know that crap. You wouldn't see an East Asian writer writing that crap. You know, and so one of the things that we that has really brought us back to the show has been this current season. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that we have a really diverse cast now. Well, a that, pretty that diverse absolutely cast. helps. That does help. <laughs> that does help. And we've been seeing you know representation in front of the camera for you know yeah. for most of the the reboot, but what was really special about this season was finally people of color were getting to write our own stories and so we got the first ever black female writer to ever write any episode for this for the show we had the first I think first Asian Mm -hmm. South Asian writer to ever write or direct an episode of the show we had more women writers and women directors you know more queer writers and directors and so one of the things that um, has been really interesting in knowing where the show has come from and seeing where it's going now and seeing you know seeing some of the pushback even now like my favorite episode from this past season was the demons of the punjab episode yeah it was was beautiful stunning and i you know even though i i'm kind of shy and so i stay away from a lot of these online conversations because i just don't Twitter scares me and like all of these spaces that are populated by people I don't know scare me and so I even got into some of those arguments because it was just sort of like no you just did not understand that what this episode was supposed to be Mm -hmm. like who it was for and again I sort of come back to that this isn't for you because when you have a South Asian woman as a companion on the show and you have a South Asian writer and, su- and suddenly, now, for the very first time, we see this show address partition. We see this show in- address directly imperialism, and in specifically British imperialism. Yes. People are going to react to that. Yeah, yeah. People are not going to react well if they have, you know certain feelings about you know their their stance in the role within the world yeah. and you know people are going to get offended and so i remember wading into so many um arguments of like listen if i know this is supposed to be escape but you can't escape history you know you can't escape context and that's one of the main things is that um You know, to go from the bill season and the ending of the bill season where it was just completely tone deaf. It ignored history. It ignored the present. It ignored the future to go to to go to a season where we have demons of the Punjab that really pinpointed that history really made a statement about that history, and really made a statement of the, those people, the people and their relationship to the country they live in, those are different things. Yeah, Those are completely different things. And so, um, you know, it, it makes me feel so much better about watching this show, is that it's finally, finally starting
1: to... Um, actually show us yeah to address some of this stuff Um, they really don't want to hear that we think that doctor who is an an inherently um, imperialist show like it's absolutely about imperialism but we're going to do an imperialism episode in the future so we're not going to talk about that too much but yeah the whole show is about (laughs) imperialism if we're being honest about it Um, so yeah other things that we've addressed we've addressed fat bodies. Yes. And, and what it's like, uh, how it's represented on, on Doctor Who. And so, okay, so I have always been a big chick, pretty much. Um, I'm 4'11". So, you know, (laughs) any weight goes that way, instead (laughs) of that, way, right? And so, always, always, I've been on kind of the, the bigger end of the spectrum, even when I was a younger, a younger person. And so, I'm always looking to see how fat people are being shown on TV, right? And nine times out of ten, we're like the butt of the joke. Um, but on Doctor Who, it isn't the butt of the joke. We're the monsters. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> everything fat is either the monster or Craig. And Craig. So, <laughs> who was not a monster, but he was absolutely so the butt cool. of the joke yeah. <laughs> at all he times. He couldn't cool. even dress himself, Nope. right? <laughs> and so there is there are the monsters who just fart
0: oh, constantly.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Uh, did we ever fin- figure out how to pronounce the name? Oh my God, no. Raxacophor... Raxacoracophalloptorius?
0: The- Raxico- 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 Phalloptorius, maybe? Raxacoracophalloptorius, I yes. think so, right? <laughs> Uh, and we've looked it up so many times and, and still And we never remember. We never remember. I
1: always feel like Rose when like yeah. trying to get it right. But they are constantly farting. There's the thing that you get stuck in. So all of the, oh, yeah, on the, the episode yeah. where they all got like stuck in his body and everything. And so, <laughs> I yeah. see you going, oh yeah. And then
0: the whole episode about like sentient fat. Yes. Like,
1: so okay. the, the little white, the Adipose episode, that's what it is. Yeah. So it's all... My daughter is like squeeing because she (laughs) loves the adipose episode. It's one of her favorites. She actually has a little adipose plushie that I bought her, um, one year whose name is Squeak? Squish. Squish. Was it Squish? Squish, yes. Um, but again, sentient fat. Like the whole, (laughs) the whole episode was about how your fat is alien. Like they popped off of you and they were alien babies. It was, it's, it's the strangest thing to, to watch a show and to see people who look like you that are just having like fat pop off of them. <laughs> and are you sharing sucked, the picture? <laughs> get sucked into heaven by some very weird Mary Poppins like yes. figure. It was the strange, it was the strangest episode in the world. I, I couldn't even be offended by right. it because it was so, it was just ridiculous. And that's the <laughs>
0: issue because, you know, you see this and like, they're really, really cute, right? And everyone tells you, like when you start to push back against it, everyone tells you, well, it's just a fun sci-fi show. What's your problem? But if you think about like, you know, if you see, if every fat person that you see on screen is a villain or, you know, having of a, joke. a butt yeah. of a joke having a fat pulled out of you that gets in there you know and that that kills your your own self-confidence you know and why should it be okay to have that still be the last bastion of of things you can make fun yeah. of it's like how is that okay like we we know that many of us don't have it well none of us have a choice really of what our bodies are right. like and so why would you just sort of like stick the the knife in like that like why like and it's so it's so terrible because it's almost kind of like a honey trap cuz you're like oh it's so cute it's so fun and you get sort of sucked into it and then you realize just what it is that you're actually seeing
1: yeah and then so we did a whole we did an adipose episode <laughs> that is absolutely about that um but yeah it, it it seems like one of the last things that you can make fun of people about um that people tell you oh just get over it it's not a big deal you know like racism you usually have people who will kind of ride with you they will ride to your defense if you say something like i didn't appreciate the fact that the monster was fat oh girl oh my goodness it was an alien it's not really a big deal like maybe some aliens is fat i mean yeah maybe some aliens are fat i would assume so but they got to be the fat farting aliens Mm -hmm. they got to be the ones who like literally suck people in whole um that these are the kinds of things that Other people might look at it and not see anything wrong, but when you're the person who lives in that body, you'll look at that and be like, that wasn't fun for me. That wasn't cute. That didn't feel good. Um, It also, we see the range of sexualities um, that they have in one of my favorite characters. He should be one of everybody's favorite (laughs) characters, Captain Jack, uh, (laughs) who is all sexualities in one. I think. Um, so we have an episode called Captain Jack Sex Jesus. Um, sing the song. Sing it's the song. totally my fault. <laughs> that's totally my fault that it's called that. She's telling me to sing the song, and it was because I think as we were recording before we came up with the title, we were talking about him and how he's attracted to everybody, and so I started going red and yellow, black and white, they're all sexy and it's like, and that's <laughs> and that's how. Name, Captain Jack Sex Jesus. We have very strange conversations. Um, I always say that we should record our brainstorming sessions before the actual recorded sessions because we are very different Toya and Eugenia um, during our recorded sessions and I always say that that one would need to be behind like a firewall or something yeah. because I am a natural filth mouth like I have a filthy mouth and so about every third word is a cuss word or somehow sex related, my child is shaking her head at me (laughs) um, because she has lived all 16 of her years with this mother, um, with this mouth. And I try not to curse during our recordings. So there have been things that have had to be cut out by our producer, sorry, Justin. Uh, (laughs) There have been times where I have had it on the tip of my tongue and Eugenia has jumped in. Um, We were talking about that on the ride over where I said something was frustrating us and she goes, SF. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's frustrating, SF. Um, so, yeah.
0: I, yeah. I, well, and for me, I tend to swear only when I'm not supposed to. So every single time I'm around a small child, it just happens. It just pff, sprays <laughs> out. And I'm like, dang it. Cause I just, I don't, well, I do swear a lot, but it's like
1: the effort of trying not to swear makes it, makes worse. it even worse. Um, so yeah, the, our, our producer has told us that, you know, if you don't curse as much, you'll get a wider audience. <laughs> But it is—it's really hard. It's really hard, and particularly when we're talking about all the things that we don't like about something. And so you want to just like f bombs come to my lips <laughs> easily. And if you're talking about sex, like how do you talk about <laughs> sex and you don't say like? Can we say yes? What? Why am I whispering to you? Um, <laughs> I'm whispering. I didn't even hear. I just whispered. Here, Can we say yes? <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> but like, how do you talk about sex? You don't say ass. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how you do that. And so he's like, "Well, children might be listening to our podcast. That's on them." Yeah. But we do. We say that in our disclaimer at the very beginning of every episode. We say that, and it's actually my voice yes, saying it. Like, we don't least. promise to be clean. This is a PG thirteen podcast. At, at least. least we yeah. say that every single time. It's like at least, <laughs> at least. Um, and you hear like giggling in the background, which was Me. Eugenia and probably Sarai um, at the <laughs> I time. I it was
0: probably Sarai rolling her eyes. Yeah, well, yes, the sound actually, of her rolling no her sound, eyes. But,
1: yeah. um, and, and she's in actually many of our recording sessions. Sarai is there and you will hear her voice every now and then, but mostly her contribution to the conversation is eye rolling um, <laughs> and kind of being like, oh my God, to her mother. So you will hear a faint oh my God in the back. Um, <laughs> Since we're on that, age age, um, <laughs> yes. age is, a, is another thing um, that the Doctor Who seems to have issues with. Yep. Uh, doctor Who is not the only thing that has issues with age, but it's very interesting because of course the doctor is thousands of years old, right? And then you have times like when Matt was the doctor mm-hmm. um, and he, and he was married to River. And she at one point says, you know, you're determined to look 12. I think he was 2000 years old by then. Mm -hmm. And it's they're acting like it's a May, December romance between him and River, who might look like she's in her 40s or something. And I'm like, he's 2000 years old. Like there isn't, (laughs) isn't really if there's a cradle robber here it's the doctor. Right. But of course you have you have the woman who is seen as you know some old lecherous woman mm-hmm. who wants to get her hands on this man. And finally when you see it as an equal romance it isn't until Peter Capaldi right. becomes becomes a doctor because the doctor in Matt's body isn't physically attracted right. to River. And
0: it's it's all about choices, right? Like in in a show where you have this infinitely old alien. Um, you could make age meaningless, and we're all, what we're seeing more often than not is that age only affects women, right? <laughs> Almost always in this show, like the only times we really care. And so, one of the images that we, well, and there we have River. River. But one of the images we have is um, an entire episode about a woman aging and becoming bitter, yeah. which was Amy. Um, Amy, yeah, yeah, Amy Pond. Um, Uh, one of the companions aged like much older and met her younger self and there had to be a decision thank you um, a decision as to um, you know which one of these women the older one or the younger one are we going to bring back there she is there she is yeah (laughs) and so like the what we're often seeing with a lot of TV and a lot of movies is that they're always making choices that they don't think through, you know. Yeah. And this is one of them. So we have ten minutes. We left. have
1: ten minutes. That went really, really <laughs> fast. That went really fast um, because we just wanted to kind of give you a taste of the things that we have uh, addressed on the podcast, and that isn't even all of them because mm-hmm. we've been doing it for over a year now. Yeah, so I, I think it's, it's what two years. Yeah, two years. and yeah. so um, yeah, I. Oh God, we that went fast. Okay, yes. so we're gonna stop and say, do you have questions before we just keep talking? No questions? Oh yes. Yes. Okay, if I wanted to listen to your podcast, where would I go to listen to? Okay. You can find us on iTunes. Um, we also have a website. So you can just go there and, uh, it's, woke and Who. it's woke com. Who. com. So <laughs> it's easy to find us. If you yeah. go to iTunes and type in woke Who," you'll find us. Right. And you can find us like, uh, like any
0: sort of podcast, like podcast yes. addict is the app that I use because I have an Android. Um, and so you can, you can find us that way by just like searching for us. We're also on Spotify.
1: Yeah. So please yeah. do, yeah. please do yeah. listen to us. Yes. Yes. I've never gone into Doctor Who. Like where would I like is there a streaming place? Yes. Yeah. Doctor Who is on Amazon Prime, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it even has classic episodes on there. Um, Does it?
0: I don't remember. It did. It did for a while. But I think. Patrice
1: is nodding. So, yes, it it has it has the classic episodes. Um, So if you are a purist and you want to see every episode of Doctor Who, going back to the classics, uh but it started in like 1960
0: something. Right. And so right? yeah, temper your expectations if you watch the classic stuff. Some of those you can't unsee them and yeah. like it'll it'll like really like it'll leave an impression of the yeah. show. So don't start I with don't the, start with, with the classical. classic
1: Start. I I ask people like, so what are you interested in, right? So if you're interested in, if you are a person, I'm one of those people who's kind of a completist and so I wanna see everything. And so I started the reboot from the very first episode which is titled Rose, it's Christopher Eccleston and and I watched all the way through. When If you're a person who's just like, give me something that will get me sucked into the show, then I tell them to start with David Tennant. Yes. So you start with David Tennant's first episode and get sucked in that way, and not not the Christmas special, um, the Cat Hospital. Oh, one. the Cat
0: Hospital. So it's New not Earth. called Cat
1: Hospital. It's called it's New called Earth. It's
0: called the New Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have like you know, as Hoovians, we all have our favorite episodes. Yes. So we always have ones. Both of us have yes. ones that we recommend that people start with. For me, that episode is Blink, and it's so funny because the Doctor and Martha are, barely are actually in it. barely in the episode, but it's one of my favorites because I love, like, creepy stuff, and so yeah. that's the first time you ever see the Weeping Angels, which have become, like, an iconic, like, Doctor Who monster, and don't shake your face, do Right, they are,
1: They are Syrah's. <laughs> least favorite monsters I love and we're not going to talk about why because you haven't seen it yet so. <laughs> yes, and
0: then you have an episode you recommend too what was mine because I was like thinking blank
1: too but yes oh Angel oh okay yes okay so my episode <laughs> is the one that will tell you why the weeping angels are Sarai's least favorite monster and it's called the angels take Manhattan um, and it is the last episode for Amy and Rory, who are two of the companions, um, <laughs> and they—it isn't—is an, a David. No, it's a Matt Smith episode, which is funny because David Tennant is my doctor. So if you're a, if you're a Hoovian, they always say, "Who's your doctor?" Right, and every Hoovian has an answer. And for me, my doctor is David Tennant. And so he's kid. ten. Um, my daughter's doctor is eleven, who is Matt Smith. And so uh, the Angels Take Manhattan is an eleven episode, and the last one with his family. Amy and Rory. And again, a weeping angels episode. And it's a weeping angels episode. So the best (laughs) episodes are weeping. I think they're the best of the monsters. Um, But if you are an extra sensitive person, I am an extra sensitive person. My daughter is not. (laughs) She was a weepy mess at the end, and she's not a crier. I am. I cried my eyes out, but at the end I thought. This is so beautiful. Like, I thought it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. She thought it was horrible. And she was like 12 when she watched it. And she goes, Why would you make me watch this? I'm 12 years old. So, so it depends. You know, if, if you're a person who likes creepy stuff, blink. If you're a person who likes romance and like sweetness, Angels Take Manhattan. Um, but yeah, if you and if you like fun, start with David Tennant. David yes. Tennant is the most fun of the doctors well, to and me. I think Matt Smith is too. He's, he's he's a large child. Yes, Sarah I calls him Marmaduke, so he, <laughs> he was very large and gangly and kind of foolish, like a big kid. I I find David Tennant the most fun because he was he did the most wildly different things. So one episode would be him kind of giggly and fun, and the next episode he would be completely stern and kind of scary and stuff and so I love that the kind of shift in moods but I'm a cancer so I <laughs> am a moody person. Hey cancer, get- <laughs> so is she. <laughs> <laughs> so is she. Um so yeah, but they are they're on Amazon Prime so we always encourage new hoovians. Right come join. Yes.
0: Us. <laughs> and if you wanted, we actually have um, like, uh, not recaps, we have episode lists on a lot of our our own podcast episodes. So if you go to our site, you'll be able to see like, okay, if you want to learn more about this character, um, check this, check these episodes out. So we have a little bit of
1: that on our, uh, yeah. on our site. We've talked about all of the doctors and all of the companions since Christopher Eccleston. Yes. So if there's going to be at least one episode that addresses all of them at some point. So you'll yeah. you'll find them there. Um, we have, goodness, like four minutes? Three. Three minutes. Three minutes. Does
0: anyone have any, any other questions?
1: questions? No? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm one. Okay. I think I'm one. Do you guys do your um, podcast like as your side gig or do you like, see it turning to your full time stuff? Oh, definitely the side. side. <laughs> it's a side gig um yeah like we both have our own full-time jobs um and i have ideas for other like podcasting things i would want to do but i wouldn't want to make this my full-time job because we do it for the love right and i don't i don't want to get paid for it because i don't want at any point anybody else's voice to have any influence on mine right so i want to be able to say whatever i want. Because I don't care anything about what the sponsor is gonna think about it or anything else. Like, I wanna be able to say what I wanna say.
0: Yeah, and one of the things we always say is that we would do this even if nobody was listening. Yeah. Like, you know, Cause we, we did it. We did. We <laughs> we just the two of us. We would talk long, to each other. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we spent however long like having these conversations already. So now the only difference is that we just put other a microphone. people listen to them. Yeah.
1: We just put a microphone, but we would have the same discussions. We would pick themes and talk about it. We would pick episodes and talk about it, so. Six hour lunches. We have had six hour lunches that turn into dinners <laughs> because we just sat there and talked about the latest season of Doctor Who or yeah. whatever. We're the
0: scourge of every server. Yeah, like they're they just us. like, oh God.
1: Like, oh, and we're just like, keep here. drinks, we have drinks <laughs> keep coming. coming. Desserts. Just keep them coming to the table. So yeah, we have four to six hour uh lunches where we just talk about this. So this is we do it for love. Um what you hear on our podcast is exactly what you would hear if you were just hanging out with us, minus the cuss words. Yes. Because <laughs> I censor myself. But yeah. other than that, as Actually, a couple of them even have the cuss words in it. I think the the Christmas one. Okay,
0: so, and it's worth us, like, mentioning. Yes. So, um, last Christmas, last, like, holiday season, we were all just, we were both so exhausted that we were just like, you know what? We're going to do an episode. um, What did we actually call it? White Christmas. Talking about um, how white people frustrate us. (laughs) So the entire episode was us talking about the microaggressions that we as an Asian woman and as a black woman deal with on a daily basis. And a lot of it, uh, we expected so much backlash. We really, really did because we were, we just let so it go. So that we felt. We just like, and you know, m- more of the feedback that we got um, like to our faces, <laughs> like on, on Twitter was like... Oh, you know, I didn't know. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for sharing this. And then we did start to see like one and three star ratings on like
1: iTunes, and I was like, oh, I see. Screw them. Yeah. (laughs) That's why we do it as a side game, because screw them. We we get to say what we want. You know, for once we have the mic and we're going to say what we want on it. (laughs) (laughs) And you can like it or lump it, as my grandmother says. Like, it is what it is. You don't have to listen to us. but we hope you do. We do this as a, a love project, a love letter to other nerds of color. That's who we exist for. We are yep. talking to you. Um, white folks are listening in and sometimes they talk back and that's fine, but we're talking to you. So we hope that you join us. We hope that you listen to us. We hope that you talk back to us really because yep. we're here to start the conversation. We know y'all are having it. So we just want to be in it. Yep. So if you will include us in your conversations, we would love it. I think I think that's that's, that's it. Time, it's twelve right? fifty on the dot. we yeah, did job it! Up. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, Thank you, you guys. Everyone. And please do listen to us. Yes. All right.